episode 461 how do you get to 150 million downloads with lee rankinin of the old podcast network the awaken your alpha podcast dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back this episode is sponsored by the talk accelerator increase your influence income and impact if you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a tedx talk you can do that so head over to talk x c e l e r a t o r.com Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week, it's all about optimal living daily. So it really fits with Awaken Your Alpha. We've got Lee Rankinen on the line. He's the co-founder with Justin Malik of Optimal Living Daily and self-proclaimed professional reader who spends hours every day trying to find the best content for narration for the old network's five different shows. The Optimal Living Daily network has had over 100 million downloads and even more than that, Lee can correct me, prolific podcaster, and we're going to be talking about how to change your mindset and some of the benefits he's had from producing and being involved with, you know, the Optimal Living Daily and putting out such great content from the world's top minds, which we're going to dig into as well. Firstly, though, Lee, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Now, I had to try and cut myself off because you guys have done so much and the, the bio could have filled the whole show. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight about the old network yourself? Yeah, uh... Justin, my business partner, came up with the idea way back in uh, December of 2015 is when we launched the first show. And uh, we just wanted to bring all these great ideas in kind of the realm of personal development that are out there and try to bring them to an audience. Um, had no idea how big that audience would become um, and how this growth would kind of catapult us, catapult us into multiple shows. But uh, that was like the original idea was let's have one show for personal development personal finance, health, all this stuff and bring it yeah. together. And yeah. it grew so fast that so we decided to kind of niche out from there. Definitely. And, and just to give people an idea, this is your chance to blow your own trumpet. Hit me with some of the, the most up-to-date stats because I know weekly and monthly, it's just growing. I mean, and we're talking, you know, hundreds of millions of downloads and, and like huge amounts weekly and monthly. I mean, what are your sort of rough stats at the moment in terms of the ears you're getting to? Yeah, last week, uh, Optimal Living Daily, just the show, hit a million downloads for the week. Um, so, what? Yeah, so That's crazy. It was, a, it was a new record. Yeah, so across all the shows, we kind of hit some new records over the last few weeks. So um, if all goes well, I think we'll, we'll probably do 7 million downloads this month. Um, Whoa. And how many current shows you got at the moment? Is it five shows at the moment? It, it is actually, we just added a sixth. Um, okay. So we have five narration based shows and then one that's a Q and a, uh, like a life advice show that we have a certified life coach that hosts it. And we take listeners questions, um, on pretty much everything and he answers them in the show. 
So the newest show is actually Optimal Startup Daily. So it's a narration based seven days a week and it's all business and entrepreneurship. It's a, it's kind of a rehash of a show we had launched a few years ago and then we kind of let uh, slide by the <laughs> by the wayside and now we decided to bring it back. Yeah. And just you, you touched on it a little bit there for that. You, you've got a unique approach, kind of this optimal living daily is the, the first show that's, and that you start out with in terms of the narration. And the, the, the unique thing is you don't actually produce any of your own content. Is this still the, the case? That's kind yeah, of the... Yeah, except for the, uh, except for the life advice show, the other five shows are all purely narration based. So we get permission from authors, uh, big, small, and anywhere in between uh, to narrate their content. And we put them together in daily episodes that are, you know, on average seven to 10 minutes. Awesome. And that was, um, I know when we spoke before, one of the, the, the kind of, it seems so simple, but it's genius because it wasn't really being done at the time because so many podcasters, me included, it's interview shows. And there's kind of that, the no in kind of no effort needed on the part of the experts that you're reaching out to. They get a professional audio and I know you send the audio to them. So you've managed to get some of the, really some of the top thought leaders from around the world consistently on your shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, we got, we got yeses from the minimalists from Mark Manson, um, Brian Tracy. I mean, really big, big people in, in all of their different spaces, personal development. We got some massive uh, authors in personal finance and health as well. So yeah, it's, it's been incredible. Awesome. And so just touch on your origins for us. Like, where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? And kind of the, um, yours and Justin's, how you kind of work together and kind of when you feel like this really kind of popped as well. Sure. So uh, I'm recording from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, so maybe yes, one of your only guests. Yeah. You're <laughs> one of the rare people who's higher yeah. up than higher yeah. up than me. Yes. So I, I'm at the southernmost tip of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So whereabouts? Uh, whereabouts? What's the name of the place? Menominee. Uh, I'm right on the border of Wisconsin and Michigan, so about okay. an hour north of Green Bay. Um, so this was where I went to high school. My parents are from the Upper Peninsula. My grandparents. Uh, we moved around a lot as kids. Uh, my dad just had different jobs that kind of took us around the U.S., but we settled here for high school. Um, went to school in Wisconsin, a uh, small college in Wisconsin, and then went to grad school a few years after that at Pepperdine, and that's where I ended up meeting Justin. Um, it was an MBA program. Uh, we were just friends, uh, just, you know, hung out and didn't really talk a ton of business. Both were interested in entrepreneurship, but never really found kind of that right path while we were in school. So we both took corporate jobs, and about a year after that, uh, Justin was in Los Angeles and I was in Chicago and he just shot me a text or I shot him a text. I don't remember exactly how it started and just catching up and saying, you know, how are things? And we're both like, things are good, but uh, we're, we were both ready to leave corporate America as soon as, as, soon as we could and kind of start something new. Uh, we were both kind of interested in the whole app space at the time. Mobile applications was, was really hot. This was like 2011, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so we had a call on the phone after that short text message conversation. We started uh, an app business maybe a few months later, raised some money from family and friends, and we were kind of Was this a side hustle running. at the time, or did you, did you both quit your jobs, or would you do it on the side? Yeah, so I, I was still working. Justin was still working for the time being. Um, we raised a, short amount, a small amount of money, launched the first app, had a lot of success in terms of downloads uh, and user growth. It decided to launch a... a another updated version on iOS and launch an Android version and raise some more money. Uh, and at that time, Justin did leave his job to work for us full time. And I was still, uh, it was still a side hustle for me. When was the time that you, um, 
quit your job and was was that a tough decision or did you struggle with that because obviously especially Justin's kind of come full board um that, that kind of the comfort and obviously problems and issues that come with that kind of corporate job sure um it was hard it was a really hard decision i uh i did not leave my job until 2018 so <laughs> justin left his i think 2011 um and it was hard for a number of reasons. Obviously, we had started the podcast at that point, and that was the future. Mobile apps had kind of fizzled out, and mm -hmm. the reason we decided to start the podcast in the first place. Um, I had a little one. Uh, my wife and I were about to find out that we were pregnant with number two at the time. Yeah. I think. How old, up... how old are you? Your two kids? Is it is it boy and a girl or two yep. girls? Yep. Yep. My boy is uh, four and a half, and my daughter is will be two in November. So. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was difficult. Um, you know, financially it was definitely gonna be a step back from kind of like the, the cushy corporate job where, uh, I was working from home, uh, for my corporate job. So oh, okay. even though it was corporate America and there's all the bureaucracy and yeah. all the politics that, that yeah. yeah, I had a, like a really nice kind of job and niche, although it had changed a lot in the yeah. previous year or so. Um, so I was ready. I mean, I was ready to just do something where I was waking up really excited to, to work, um, and work on something. And, and Justin and I laugh and my wife doesn't laugh as much, but, um, you know, Justin always says that quote of, you, you know, entrepreneurs are people who will spend 80 hours working <laughs> just so they don't have to go to work for, to work for somebody else for 40 or something like that. So, uh, it's been yeah. like that quite a bit over the past few years. We're finding a better balance, uh, yeah. especially in this past year, but, uh, um, but yeah, it, it was difficult for a number of reasons, but I could not be happier that, uh, you know, kind of took the leap when I did. And, and here we are, uh, you know, two and a half years later. We might touch on that a little bit there. What was a, a real challenging time? Um, and it could be in your whole life, a period where you really felt like you had to awaken your up or just like it could be a, a dark period where it, it was a struggle. I think, you know, doing, you know, just being an entrepreneur and working on these businesses, you have that imposter syndrome that sneaks mm -hmm. in so many times. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, you know, there's so many other people that are more qualified, have a better story to tell, um, have a better product to offer. And, and that crept in so many times. And especially when you have failures, you know, the mobile app business was seemed on the surface, very successful early on, which is kind of why we went all in on it. Um, yeah we didn't really know what we were doing. And so we saw a lot of cracks that kind of came in after it. And Justin and I laugh about it. Now we look back and we're like, man, we were just, we had no clue what we were doing. We had no clue what to look for. We were just very like young and naive. Um, and it's helped us incredibly as we've come, as we've progressed forward, but there's still those moments of, of uh, imposter syndrome where something bad happens or a couple bad things happen uh, maybe business related in a short time period. And you're like, man, is this a house of cards that we have built here? And is this all <laughs> going to come crumbling down? Uh, so I think it's just like kind of overcoming that mindset um, and having that self-belief of, yeah, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know that everything's going to be perfect. Like enjoy the process, enjoy what we've built here. Um, and don't be afraid to like try new risks and figure new things out. Um, I, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing in terms of your, your podcast. I mean, is, is that some, what, what do you feel are the benefits? Cause you're obviously you're putting out a huge amount of content and, and, and say exposure to some of the top thought leaders in the world constantly, consistently, it's always coming out. What do you think of the benefits to you being involved in this process? I mean, you might've just touched on quite a bit there. Yeah. So I, um, 
I select all the content for all of our shows. So it, it's a lot of blog posts, um, book excerpts. I, I spend probably on average about four hours a day reading. <laughs> That's kind of my job. So it's uh, reviewing current authors' content for placement on shows. I was or, saying, this is, now I can see because um, yeah. you spoke before the interview as well that you've been waking up, not on purpose, but like yeah. 2 a.m. So you've just yeah. been getting up and cracking on. So I can see, you know, get a bit of quiet reading done in the morning before everyone's awake. And uh, yeah, awesome to get that under your belt. And I'm glad it's not for corporate America anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, the, the reading has been amazing. You know, I like to read in general, um, but being able to kind of do that for my work and do it in the personal development, personal finance, health space, um, it's, it's very enlightening. Um, and a lot of the ideas are very similar, right? But it's that repetition. It's almost like that's like my meditative practice is like reading this stuff every day. And it's like, I'll catch myself sometimes and I'll, I'll find myself, you know, maybe being in a bad mood or um, maybe being a little ungrateful for circumstances. And I'll read a post that day that really touches on something that I'm feeling. And it's, it's amazing how quick something like that can kind of flip your perspective. Who helped awaken your alpha? I know you and Justin kind of quite casually and then it just sort of lets go for this. But I mean, in terms of your development and it could be recently or it could be like when you was a lot younger, is there anyone who you either aspired to from afar or someone who said the right thing at the right time, you know, more in your face as it were? Yeah, I'd probably say my parents, you know, my mom and dad were always very supportive. Um, kind of let us grow up in an environment where there were definitely boundaries and, and things yeah. we had rules we had to follow. Um, but they also kind of pushed us to follow, you know, kind of what we're passionate about and what we want to pursue. Um, when I was younger, it was, it was sports, it was football. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and they were fully supportive. They would help, help me push myself to the limit. They weren't there, you know, pushing me themselves, yeah. but they would put me in the environment where I could push it, uh, push myself to kind of, develop as far as I could go with, with all of those things. Um, and they even, you know, as we progress, uh, later in life, my wife has been like a huge support system for me. You know, I was really nervous when I first had the conversation with her of, I think I'm ready to leave this job and go, you know, yeah. do this podcasting thing full time. Uh, and she could not have been more supportive. She awesome. was like, how are the parents of that though? very supportive sh oh, shockingly supportive um <laughs> i my mom i think was a little nervous my dad is an entrepreneur um started later in life didn't start his first business until early 50s um and has a, had a very successful run in completely different niches you know manufacturing real estate stuff like that um he was like go for it i think it's time and <laughs> so very cool very cool um in terms of your podcast because I know it's a great concept and I've spoke to you before about it. I thought it was absolutely genius, you know, to get such good quality content and you're just changing the format and you're never going to run out of it because you've just got people producing it for you outside of that. But why do you think you've managed to get millions and millions of downloads? And, uh, you know, even in the early days, the, the progression, I know, went off like a rocket near the start as well. And obviously it's different in 2020, but you're still obviously getting some huge download numbers and getting some records. Talk to me about your mindset around podcasting to, to millions and, and in the early days and, and what YouTube brought to it and how you managed to do that. Because it's, it's, it is competitive and there's a, you know, a lot of people trying to get people's uh, attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, early on, we were really just fortunate. We, we reached out to a few really big authors because we thought if we can get buy-in from some really big, successful authors who think this is a good idea, that, that'll be the social proof for us to go and find other people. Um, the minimalists were the first people to say yes. 
Uh, it also happened to coincide shortly before their uh, documentary launched on Netflix. Um, so it was really good timing. They were very supportive. They shared our show when it first started. Uh, they actually enjoyed the show so much they asked Justin to narrate their to re-narrate all of their uh, books uh, in audio form. Uh, so Justin ended up narrating their audio books, ended up winning a, an audio award for one of them. So they were very supportive. You yeah. know, having some people behind you that can really help, who already have a, a large platform, a large audience, um, that can help from the beginning is massive. And then, you know, obviously all the other authors we've brought on, a, a vast majority of them have shared the show in some way or another with their audience. Um, and whether they have a small audience or a mid-sized or a massive audience, all of those shares are very, very helpful obviously for the growth of the show because we don't interview people. So we don't have our guests be able to reach out to their audiences. So it is, a, it is a little different in that aspect. Um, and I think the other thing is because of the daily format of our show, it becomes a habit for a lot of listeners, you know, it's seven to 10 minutes a day. So they hop in and listen to one. Um, and it just becomes the first thing they do in the morning yeah. or the, the last thing they do when they leave work and they're commuting home um, or, you know, something they do, at the end of the day, uh, it, it just becomes kind of like that habit-based practice where they know that content is going to be there for them. Um, they know most of the time they're probably going to get something from it, um, and it just becomes part of their lifestyle. And I know when we spoke before as well, we talked about I think your revenue is sort of in the ninety percent percent of uh, is from sponsorship. But talk to us about how long you guys had to go on almost not faith because you were building big numbers, but before you monetized it in any way, shape or form um, and any struggles that you've had along the journey in terms of building it to the, the, the full podcast network it is today. Yeah. I don't think we got a single dollar into this business until around episode 270 or so. So again, daily episodes. So it was almost a year in, yeah. um, we knew we were onto something growth had been really solid from a download perspective, but every time we started reaching out to ad agencies or companies for advertising, they're like, ah, oh, you're a little too small, a little too small, get, you know, more downloads, more downloads. Um, and again, that was, that was a different scenario also, you know, five years ago relative yeah. to where we're at today. Um, but it was hard. Uh, I mean, we didn't have the money and Justin was, I think probably eating like ramen noodles and salt packets <laughs> in, uh, in his, at his place for, for years. Um, we were paying him, you know, bare bones just to kind of keep everything afloat. Um, and we still have challenging times. In fact, we had a really good quarter right before I decided to leave my job in 2018. And then ah, naturally what, <laughs> helped you make a decision. It did. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did. And then naturally, um, when like the day I put in my two weeks, we had like a three month dry spell and we're like, oh, like you need to go back to work. Yeah. 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 So I was getting ready to, to beg my way back into my old job. So, um, we're at that point we were committed. Um, we knew we could do it. We had done it enough over the long haul and, and the trajectory was moving kind of in the right direction where we knew we were onto something. Um, but we still, you know, there's still slow months even now. Uh, mm. it, it's not, you know, all of our stuff is produced daily. So, if we don't have an ad slot sold, that show runs, you know, without any monetization at all. So, yeah. and it does, it does happen frequently. Obviously this year has been challenging from advertising. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask that because it's been challenging for everyone I speak mm -hmm. to. And I was, you know, some people might just blank it over and think, oh, it might be, it doesn't affect you because your audio and stuff like that. So no, yeah. Talk to us about how it's affected. 
2020. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I listen to a ton of podcasts. So obviously the, the shows at the top of the food chain are, are mostly doing just fine. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still definitely impacted. Uh, again, it's so great to be in a niche like podcasting because, you know, I know radio, internet, newspaper advertising are probably going to be way down this year. Um, maybe not internet, but radio newspaper for sure. Whereas podcast advertising will still be up year over year. Um, it just won't be where expectations kind of were set for it for the year. Uh, I think we are starting to see uh, a pickup now in terms of new proposals. Uh, we, we work with advertise cast. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yep. Um, those guys are great. And uh, so we just started working exclusively with them this year. Uh, Actually, we started that conversation about a month before uh, COVID hit. So it was good timing <laughs> on our part. I don't know if they feel the same, but uh, I think we're all moving in the right direction now. Awesome. So we're going to jump into the alpha round now. So I'd like to start that off with, um, is there a particular favorite quote of yours or, or like a really sums up your approach to life or just something you might have up in your home office? Yeah, it's not in my home office. I I had this on my wall, I, th- I want to say in college and for long, long times. Okay. And I want to, I'm pretty sure it's Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, oh, but the quote like is, the yeah, the only person you're destined to become is the person that you decide to be. Um, and it's just so fitting, like we talked about before. <laughs> you know, I think I'm, it, I'm pretty, I recognize, I think I put that in my book. I think I, I recognize <laughs> that really? from near the start. Yeah, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he's got a few good ones in there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good. Awesome. And uh, talking about books, is there a particular impactful book for you? Maybe one you read at the right time uh, or just, you know, it could be an all-time favorite. Any spring to mind? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at my I bookshelf see, yeah, right now. Looking in the direction. <laughs> um, you know, one that's really impacted me a lot, and I've probably read it two or three times now, which is rare for me, is uh, The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Have you read that? I have not heard of that one. And yeah. I, I mean, it's quite rare these days that someone <laughs> recommends a book that I haven't heard like about four or five times, but oh, yeah. tell us more. Sure. He was a uh, college professor, uh, got diagnosed with terminal cancer, um, decided to give a last lecture, which was kind of commonplace at his uh, university. But this was actually a last lecture, you know, all about life. Um, he was married, had three young kids. So, you know, the first time I read it, I think I had my, my son. So it was very impactful, um, yeah. you know, for anybody in general, just to hear about life and somebody going through the, the final year of their life, um, especially uh, if you're, you're married and you have kids. So, yeah, blimey. Good recommendation. And in terms of resources, you mentioned advertised cast there, but are there any, around podcasting and obviously your podcast and uh, at volume and putting out lots of shows and obviously have to advertise them shows. Are there any resources that you use out there that you think are worth uh, a mention? And if, if someone pulled them away from you, you'd handle it, but you'd be like, damn, that was a good resource. We, yeah, we have, yeah. we have a ton of crazy systems that would probably make no sense to, to anybody from the outside <laughs> in. Um, but I think especially in the podcasting niche, uh, having somebody handle your ad sales is, is massive. Um, going back to when we were trying to do it ourselves, mm. <laughs> you know, it was just a lot of, yeah, check back in, in with us in a few months or, you know, we only work directly with this agency or you got to call this person. Um, when we moved over to having, you know, at first we had multiple ad agencies kind of representing us that that was a huge, huge win for our business. Cause all of a sudden that was just something we didn't have to focus on. Um, we're not experts in it. We didn't have the connections. We could just focus on growing the shows and let, 
those experts handle, you know, selling ad space on the shows. Ah, and uh, any of them you could recommend or just examples of? Yeah. So, uh, advertise cast, yeah. uh, obviously we work with, yeah. um, we worked with Heather Osgood who has a uh, true native media. Um, okay. she was wonderful to work with Glenn Rubenstein, adopter media, um, okay. for, for most of the time that was kind of our big three right there. Yeah. And I know you don't interview guests on your show, but from your interactions with all these great minds or, and just from your own network as well, who would you recommend to be a great guest for Awaken Your Alpha? You think they'd bring some value and uh, they'd likely want to do it? That's a, it's a really good question. Um, there's, there's so many authors. Well, I was going to say, let, let's now, go yeah. for like, okay, who would you ideally like to ha- listen into if you could have them interviewed? So we're like your top person. Yes. You don't have to know them in any way, shape or form. Sure. And then someone that maybe from your network who you might be able to connect who would potentially yeah. do the show. Yeah. So Mark Manson would be incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean his, his, every time I read his writing, I'm always like, I haven't thought about stuff in that perspective before. And it's usually very blunt, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. usually very impactful. So I think he would be, he would be incredible. Um, from my own network, I, I, I'm really trying to think here. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'll get back to you. Yeah, that, no worries. <laughs> yeah. I read it. You, you give me one person. So that's sure. Fine. I for sure. Ask for one. I will. Um, and if people want to continue the conversation and follow up with all that you're doing with your shows, what's the best way to do so? You can find us at oldpodcast.com, O-L-D, um, or you know any social at Old Podcast. Uh, if you search Optimal Living Daily in any podcast player, uh, you can find all six of our shows. Awesome. And as a podcaster, working from home mm-hmm. and obviously reading and recording audio, how has this, this last year affected you in terms of, you know, the, the kind of the yin and yang? Like for me, I feel like this is, is great working home, but then ha- having the option to get out, to get to go to live events if needed, or, and, you know, to be more out there because I am at home in general and that, that lack of real interaction with people, how has that affected you? And are, are you feeling that a little bit in terms of, you know, because um, for me, my my wife, she's out at work, kids are out of school, and it's like when they they, they come home, they want to stay home, and I'm like, I want to go out, and I mean, t- just the realities of someone in your position, um, and and doing this with in the current environment. Yeah, it's uh, my my son is in in 4K, so he's out of out of the house three days a week right now. Yeah. Um, and so far they've been good uh, from a school standpoint, but uh, my wife is a stay at home mom. Um, and so I'm used to having the house full and my office is like right off the kitchen. So kids are banging on the door and stopping by to see me. So like we talked about earlier, adjusting my schedule, I've always been a night owl my entire life, but kind of adjusting that to be more of a, an early bird has really helped me because I can get a lot of, you know, the harder deep work done in the first four hours of the day before anybody else is up. Um, but it, as far as like getting out, it is hard. You know, we, we go to two to three conferences a year, Justin and myself, yeah. and um, it's just good to get out and see people yeah, and do stuff. Yeah, it breaks up. Yeah. Yes, it really does. And, and I don't think I could do more than two or three because I prefer to be at home and um, kind of have my routine and get stuff done because we have so much content that we're always yeah. producing. You know, a week off feels like three weeks off from, from a workload standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to take advantage of it. I'm trying to, you know, keep that positive spin on things of like, I'm able to get further ahead yeah. on my work for our business than I've ever been able to do before. Cause usually it's work, 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 
you know, we go to a conference or somewhere and then I'm backtracking two weeks of work yeah. and then starting, starting over. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to work on that and, and really push that forward. Uh, so from a work being at home type of deal, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of used to it. It's actually easier this year than it's been most years just because my son's actually in school full days for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, but besides that, uh, yeah, and the, like the conference stuff last stuff. It, cause yeah, live exactly. events, they will come back eventually. Yes. And, uh, yeah, when this all gets back to normal, we we go up on the UP and uh, maybe I'll give you a heads if we ever come down around that way as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'd love to meet up in person. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So, and if you yeah. ever come over the UP toward, more towards sort of the Mackinac Island end sure. or the, the bridge, I should say, yep. yeah, give, give us a heads up. We'll send an, uh, a note out to our email newsletter when the episode goes live. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm, I, I, uh, I did subscribe, so I'll be listening. I, I enjoy... Uh, it seems very direct. Your show, like your your style, is not. Yeah. You know, a lot of shows are just like a lot of fluff in there. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to the one with the uh, University of Michigan director of sports performance. They got okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the yeah. accident and stuff like that. Just, I mean, it's good stuff. I, yeah, so he I really was, like yeah, it. He was, uh, yeah, he went straight in there. He didn't hold back. Yeah, he was very open. Yeah. So yeah, cool, awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Sometimes, yeah. I mean. You've got hundreds of millions of down uh, listeners. I, I don't, but sometimes I, you, you forget that people actually listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, cool. it's really good. Really good content. So Cool. Cheers, Lee. Well, stay in, stay in touch and I'll get a book out to yeah. you in the next couple weeks. Okay. Sounds great. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.